Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out of this world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship, and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich. Welcome, my sweet pleasure seekers. You are with me tonight on The Pleasure Zone, and we are talking about something that might not sound so sexy. Is it normal? Is it normal to not want sex? Why are we talking about that? Well, a lot of people actually ask me that question, so we will dive into that. If you are interested in more of the kinky talk and the fun talk and the talking about all kinds of other things, check out all my other, oh, over 400 episodes that you can find on Spreaker, Spotify, Inspired Choices Network, who produces this show, and about 400 other platforms. Remember, if you love this show, I'd love for you to just go in there, follow me, follow Inspired Choices Network, get on there, get all the content you can, because it's a fun show, and I've been doing this for nine years, so weekly shows for nine years, you're going to find content that you probably didn't even know existed. You're probably going to find things that you're like, I didn't even know that was humanly possible, and it is. So go check it out and definitely like, follow, comment. We love having that. I love having when people comment and share their ideas, inspirations, and questions with me, as well as any kind of information that you would like me to share. If you have any ideas of shows you would like me to talk about, I've done several shows that have been recommended by um, by listeners, and I love having the listeners interact with me. So please feel free to do so. You can find me through my website, milicajelenich.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-A-J-E-L-E-N-I-C.com. Send me a message through there and tell me what you'd like to hear about. Or if you have questions, you can also go on there and just send me a little question. Or if you'd like to book a free 15 minutes with me, you can go on there as well. Why would you do that? Why? Because part of my expertise is that I'm a sex and intimacy coach, and I love working with people to bring them out of trauma and into pleasure. I love working with them in so many different modalities. If you're watching on video, you might see behind me that I have a whole variety of different things I work with that are uh, natural, natural remedies, uh, different things that I work with that are holistic. And I have so many different approaches from body work to energy work to things I can do with you and for you from a distance, as well as things I can teach you that you can do for yourself. So why would you choose to actually come and talk to me is because you want more pleasure in your life. So if you are feeling like I'd like more pleasure, or if you're curious, like, is this normal? And tonight's conversation of is this normal? We are going to talk more about that. Is this normal? And if you're feeling awkward about certain things and you want to know, is this normal? By all means, give me a ship. I'd love to hear from you. So tonight's, is it normal? Is it normal to not have a sex drive? Most people would say no. No, that's not normal. You need to go get checked out. So let's be really clear that there are people who absolutely don't have a sex drive. We will be talking about what is that? How is that normal? And what is normal in terms for you? Like what is normal for a sex drive? Sex drive is very personal. So to try and give you a blanket statement of 
this is what's normal for a sex drive. To desire sex twice a day is normal sex drive. I cannot tell you that because that is personal. So for every individual, your sex drive is going to be personal to you. What we know from research is that there are certain levels of sex drive that are considered to be healthy because you're there in the research they're looking at things like healthy hormone levels like how much testosterone do you have progesterone estrogen how many of your happy hormones do you have going on do you have serotonin happening do you is your body able to convert melatonin to serotonin is it able to do that does it actually not have the ability to do that because it's a rare rare thing but some people actually don't have the ability to do that so can you have your happy hormones kicking in can you have all these other things that would bring up your sex drive? Do you have an environment that would help you feel sexy? So if you have met all the conditions that we'll say are normal, healthy, normal, and you're still like, I don't have a sex drive. However, I know in the past that I had one, then there are some other factors that we need to look at. For some people, you may have never experienced a sex drive. You may have gone through puberty and not had those feelings that other people had, like the horniness as a teenager. You might not have had that, and you might have thought, like, what's wrong with me? Maybe nothing. You might have grown into an adult and still felt, I don't have that drive. I don't have that desire. I don't have that need. Is that normal? And you know what? We will talk about that because there is a lot of normal in that and we just need to identify what that is and not everybody needs to be horny for each other although this is a great show where we do talk about horniness today we're going to talk about is it normal to not feel horny what some of the things are that might be impacting that why you might be experiencing that and what we can do in the in the case that everything everything else is regular in your life and you have experienced some kind of sexual desire in the past and you're wondering why you don't feel it anymore we will look at how you can bring that back into your life so oh this is going to be a fun show so i i love talking about all things desire because desire is one of those components to pleasure we need pleasure we need desire we need consent and all of those things contribute to to uh to us actually feeling like orgasmic beings without pleasure you know there is um there is the tendency that you could have your body could have arousal but it doesn't have desire or pleasure you can have arousal and not actually have desire or pleasure now that is a whole other category we have talked about that on other shows but i will reference that again today because it is a very important thing to look at when your body has had arousal but there's no desire no pleasure and you're still going through the motions and you're like i don't even know if i want to do this there are some things to consider so sometimes maybe it's the partnership sometimes it's other things on the next episode we will be talking about partnerships um, and bringing able to bring back if you are desiring your partner what you can do to bring back the desire bring back the lust in your relationship because sometimes that dies over time sometimes people get bored there's lots of reasons why you might not have desire in a relationship this show we are focusing all on you as an individual and figuring out is it normal to not want sex what if it's okay what if we just start with 
wherever you're at is exactly where you need to be. So if your sex drive seems low right now, what if that's okay? If you have a desire to boost your sex drive because you remember a time when you felt horny and you actually really liked being horny, we will look at that. How do you bring that back? If you have never felt sex drive, if you've never felt turned on, if you've never felt attracted to anybody in a sexual way, you might have had feelings of, I'd really like to hang out with you and go for tea and coffee and have great conversations. You might be romantic, but you might not be sexual. And that's okay too. So we will talk about that. So I just want for everybody who's listening, this show is to just bring you more information on what could be going on with you so that you can have more clarity so that you'll meet, see, you'll know whether you need to go to an expert, talk to a sex and intimacy coach, talk to a doctor, get your hormones checked. This is what this show is going to give you is a guideline to be able to figure out is this normal? What do I need to do to go from here? So when it comes to sex and desire, what is normal? What is normal is not necessarily the drive you had when you were 16. It's not normal to have that same drive when you're 90, right? Would it be great to have it? Yes. Is that exceptional? Yes. Is that normal? No, it's not common and it's not normal. So yay to those of you who still do in your 90s have the sex drive you did when you were 16. Fantastic. <laughs> I am impressed. However, as our bodies age, as things change, as our hormones change, what happens is your desire and the things you desire will also change. And that's normal. So what's normal when it comes to sex and desire is to actually have it ebb and flow and have it change throughout your life and throughout the decades of your life as you age. You wouldn't, let's think of it this way. The things you played with when you were five, maybe you played with um, your dolls or your building blocks or your toy soldiers when you were five. And that really got you going and you loved it and you loved playing with your friends with your dolls and your building blocks and your toy soldiers. And you love that. However, now, if you flip over to when you're 45, does that still work for you? Well, for me, actually, I love playing with puppets so uh, and dolls. But, but I don't tend to play with puppets and dolls with my friends unless my friends are really wacky and are cool with that. <laughs> but, but for the most part, the average adults don't do that. So is it normal when it comes to your sex drive to also have the same things you desired when you were younger to be the same things you desire when you're older? Not necessarily. You might have even opened your world a bit. I think when I was like 15, I knew what oral sex was, sort of. I kind of had a concept, but I didn't really get it until I had this friend, Olga. I'm calling you out if you ever listen to this show. Olga lived in another province, so I live in Canada. I lived in Ontario. Olga lived in Winnipeg, and Olga was amazing. She sent me the lowdown uh, via a... A letter, the old school letter that came in the mail. Olga wrote me the lowdown on how to have oral sex. So kudos and shout out to you, Olga. I was like 15, maybe 16. I didn't really know what I was doing, but Olga was a mentor. <laughs> she had, she knew stuff. She was 18. She lived on her own. She had experience. She was a wild and interesting character. 
Um, I'm sure she still is a wild and interesting character. We are friends on Facebook and social uh, social media, so I do wonder if she'll ever see this. But uh, it's quite funny. Um, so what what I didn't know at 15, what I do know now, even then, from her information, was based on her experience and based on the people she'd been with, which isn't going to be the the blanket statement of this is what you do for everyone. Because the truth is, when you are with somebody, it's always good to ask them what they like and work with that, right? So even our level of education and information, if you're continually learning and growing, you're going to change what you desire. You're going to probably add to it. You might change the things that you thought you liked. And you're like, well, I thought I liked that because it's all I knew. But actually, I really like this other stuff, you know? So it can change. Absolutely. So what is normal? It's normal that it would ebb and flow. And it's normal to have periods where you in your life, not just like when you're on your period, lots of uh, bodies that menstruate when they're bleeding, they have very low desire for sex. And then there are other bodies when they menstruate have a huge desire for sex. So what is normal with that is whatever's, whatever you've been experiencing, that's what's normal for you at this time and can it change yes it can so it's a big question right what is normal what is normal with sex drive what is and because we can't really peg it down to this is a standard you should desire a b c and d if you're not experiencing a b c and d you're on a, you're in a sexless relationship you're in a loveless relationship and we can't really qualify that because we don't really understand in those cases how are you defining sex? Is it have to do with heterosexual copulation, only having to do with penetration? Is sex a wider scope for you? Are you looking at all things that might be playful and kinky? And in that case, that might open the doors for you. And you might have actually been more sexual than you thought you were. And you might just not be into penetration, but you might be into other things, right? You can see how vast it is. Sex, sexuality is such a spectrum and all activities under sexuality, uh, the expression of sex and the expression of romantic, uh, romantic expression is so vast and there's such an umbrella for it that it's very hard to categorize of what is normal, how much sex is normal and how many ways to do it are normal. As long as, and I, I'm a big believer in these, these certain tenets, as long as there's communication and consent, in the relationship, that is normal. So when it comes to you personally, and we're not we're not talking about the partner part right now, if you're having a conversation with yourself, what is your, you know, your your judgment of is this normal that I'm not horny? Is that based on things you've seen? Is this based on social media? Is this based on other media? Is this based on your friends? Like who's creating your normal for you who's creating this thing that you're judging yourself against and once you know that you can kind of go wait a second stop is that even true for me it, you know is whatever people are saying that i should be feeling horny is that true maybe it's not and that's maybe where we start is it true for you and what's normal for you so if it was normal for you to be horny in the past that may come back to you you may be going through a phase and an ebb and a flow, and that's normal too. We're going to talk more about what is normal. Is it normal to not want sex when we come back from this commercial break? 
Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Milica Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight, we are talking about, is it normal to not desire sex? Ooh, that's a big question. And it's actually a question that I get quite often from people. It's probably one of the top things that when I get um, into conversations with sometimes couples, but a lot of times um, women that come to me, there's often uh, the question of, or what they'll come up with is they'll say, I just, I don't have any sexual desire anymore. So we go through a bunch of questions and we go through and we look at a lot of things that may be affecting it. And sometimes it comes down to, you got to trust your partner. You got to trust yourself first. You got to trust your partner. So we will talk about the role that trust plays. Sometimes it has to do with self-esteem. Sometimes it's plain old hormones, just not working. So once you get certain things in lineup, and you don't have to be like 50 going through menopause or andropause to have your hormones dip and drop and change. As much as estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone all affect sexual desire and arousal, there are other hormones that play in as well. Like if you think about having, if your cortisol levels are really high, and you're in fight or flight, your body is not necessarily going to have the greatest desire for, for connection sex, but it might have a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, kind of get her in, get her done kind of survival sex. Uh, so it might be less, uh, less fun, but you might want some quickies. That's my take on how cortisol might affect your I have not read that in a study, but that's my uh, my intuitive take on how cortisol could affect that. Um, and then also your body gets exhausted from having too much things like cortisol. So you, you know, you might feel 
drowsy and you know you might have that burst of energy but then you also might feel drowsy um, as well so you might not really have the desire to do anything so certain hormones are definitely going to rise uh, you know the desire levels or at least the body's ability to respond uh, and the arousal of body might be easier so in for example, if you have a vagina, then higher levels of estrogen are going to promote vaginal lubrication, and they can increase desire as well, where increased progesterone can actually reduce sexual desire. So knowing what's going on with your hormones can be really helpful in helping you figure out, oh, is this my hormones? Oh, my progesterone's really high, my estrogen's really low got a dry vag, what's going on, have no desire. And you might also not feel an attraction to your partner because hormones do change, the pheromones change. When you first meet your lover, there's an instinctual pheromone thing that happens, especially if it's a lover you desire and you are intrigued by and you feel safe with. Then there'll be a hormone that pheromone that comes out of them that has you want to be attracted to them. And no matter what age you are, you'll probably have the desire to try and procreate, make more babies because it's instinctual. So we go into that instinct uh, where it's like, oh yeah, I got to do this. The drive comes in. And a lot of times you hear people having the, like that was our honeymoon phase that lasted like two years or it was like really great sex. And then it was, well, the pheromones change too. It adapts. If you haven't actually achieved some of those targets of let's make babies, then your body is going to start to change and look at new reasons to connect and also you mature and the relationship matures and things will change as well again that's a conversation on on um, relationships but relationships do affect our hormones so along with things like our nutrition nutrition has huge effect on our hormones if you want to know more about nutrition and hormones definitely listen to the show called i'm not fine by lizzie ems who's also on inspired choices network she is fantastic with hormones so she loves working with hormones so what what i like to look at so once you've got say all your blood work done and everything comes back and your hormones are normal oh, crap, my hormones are normal well then what i guess you're not going to give me any estrogen or progesterone cream or anything like that so what am i going to do i'm just going to be sitting here going eh, i feel nothing and as you're feeling this nothing, you might look around and go, oh, I don't even like this about me and I don't like that about me. So hormones are normal. Now what do we do? Let's look at what's going on with your body from head to toe. I would love for you to actually evaluate what do you find sexy about you? Because this is all about you. And if you can get turned on thinking about yourself, then chances are that energy is going to go out like broadcast out and other people will find things sexy about you as well so what do you find sexy about you so you know whether it's like a thing where you're thinking oh my hair is black so then you go get a haircut and you're feeling kind of sexy just did that last week and sometimes it's like oh you know what i'm feeling a little sallow today i just need to like freshen up with some like blush or makeup or something and then i feel a little bit better sometimes we need to do a little 
uh, tweaking, right, to our bodies. So that it's not about judgment. It's more like, oh, what would I feel better with? Right now, I feel meant. What would I feel better doing? And if I feel better with a new haircut, if I feel better getting my eyebrows done, if I feel better with a facial, if I feel better with pretty nails, if I feel better with getting a pedicure, cool. And that goes for all bodies, you know, if you're whatever body you identify in, if you feel like tweaking it and getting it to feel sexy, just go do that. Because a lot of times we do need to kind of do some of that self-care in order to feel that sexiness again and realize that we're valuable and we're worth it and putting that effort in is worth it as well. So body image has a huge impact on how we feel sexually. If you can, no matter what size your body is, no matter what shape your body is, if you're feeling really crappy about being in your body, what are the chances that you're going to feel horny? Probably really low. If you feel crappy in your body and all you're doing is looking at it going, it should have this and it should have that and uh, I should have bigger boobs and I should have a flatter stomach and I should have a rounder butt and I should have this and I should have that. Look what the Kardashians have. I've actually never watched the Kardashians, but I do know the Kardashians are famous for their booty. Probably their boobs too, I don't know. But maybe you're comparing yourself to celebrities who have, I don't know, hundreds of millions of dollars to spend on experts to create these uh, fantastical bodies. Maybe you're comparing yourself to that. What's a reality for you is what you can do uh, within your budget, within your lifestyle to be able to help yourself feel a little sexier. So if that's, you know, getting yourself tweaked at a salon, you know, get things, some things tweaked. If it's getting a new wardrobe, if it's getting clothes that fit you in a way that actually have you feel sexy, that's fantastic. You know, you can be comfy and sexy at the same time. I think the first time I had an experience where I felt comfy and sexy was that I was in, I was actually in BC and I'd had a, a, some coaching with a friend of mine and she, she was like, I was like, I just don't feel like I match what I'm putting out in the world. Like, I don't feel like I didn't, at the time, I didn't feel like I was matching sex and intimacy coach. And I was like, but I, I can't, I look at people and I look at what they're wearing and I think I could never wear that because that's not the kind of body type I have and had all this criticism and judgment around it. And then she did something that seems so freaking logical to probably a lot of you, but I didn't know, is that you can go to stores and they actually will happily put clothes out for you that match your body type. Like that's what they're hired for. They actually know fashion. So, you know, if you're walking into your local Reitman's or whatever, it can be a really simple store. The higher end you go, the more help you're going to get. So go you're probably not going to get much fashion help at walmart but the higher the higher the end you go the more help you're probably going to get and it's worth it because what they'll do is they'll show you styles that actually work for your body type and maybe you buy one thing that's like outrageously priced because you can because it's fun and then you know that this is the kind of style that actually works with my body it's super helpful having somebody that be the stylist for you and they can get you into clothes that help you feel sexy then. So that for me was tremendous help. I I felt so much better. I ended up buying like 
uh, at the time I, I had like this, it was like a peplum shirt. And I was like, I didn't even know about these things called peplum shirts, but it works so well for my little round belly body type. And it accentuated all the things I wanted it to accentuate. And then she put me in this like pencil skirt and I was like, oh my God, I love this. This is fantastic. So going to an expert, just as you would for anything like a doctor, go to the expert in fashion too, because that can help you to feel a little bit more confident and sexy in your clothes. It's well worth it. It's well worth spending the like five extra dollars on your clothes to get your extra expertise in there. So whether it's your clothes, whether it's your hair, whether it's your makeup, go get your makeup done by a professional. It's so worth it. It's so fun. You'll actually learn what colors work for you as well. You'll actually learn how to put on makeup in a way that is complementary to your face, right? So we all need a little help sometimes. And if you're feeling super blah, 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 feeling like, ugh, I just don't feel sexy, nothing I wear feels sexy, go to the experts, get these things done because you know what, you can get them done even once or twice in your life and they they can just be with you. Like you'll, you'll know, you'll understand the style, you'll understand the colors, you'll understand all kinds of things. I know people used to do these things where they would find out what season of colors they are. And I had a friend who swore by it and her clothes were phenomenal. She always shopped according to, she had a palette that she would walk around with. This is like 25 years ago. So it wasn't on a cell phone. And she had this little, it was like a card, it was like a swatch, and she would match the colors of clothes. And when she would go shopping, she would buy the clothes, only the clothes on that color swatch. And her clothes always looked fantastic. She was a teacher, and she always looked very professional. Knowing these things can be helpful. Now, I'm not really wearing clothes that go for my color palette right now, but they're pretty close. But, uh, and and sometimes your hair color changes and certain things change, so you might have a little different palette, but generally it'll be the same. So get your expert help, especially when it comes to body image. You know, sometimes even getting a fitness trainer can be helpful so that you can get the shapes that you like. You can also work with people who work with hormones and fitness, and they can help you to be able to get the right combination of things going so that, you know, you can lower your cortisol and raise your estrogen and get all these things going for you so that you can feel more confident in your body. These things, I know they sound simple, but when you do them, they can make a massive, massive difference. And they're all personal. They're all about you. And this is all about what's normal for you. And it might not feel comfortable at first asking for all this help. Start with something small. If it feels really awkward, just go ask somebody for Actually, asking somebody for advice on bras is a really great start if you have breasts and just getting somebody to fit you for a really good bra. That's a great start. If you don't wear breast, if you don't have breasts and you don't wear bras, going and getting something that fits you even pants wise, going to get something tailored. Fantastic start. So go out there, make some phone calls. You have two minutes while we go to break. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network. We'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. 
on the Pleasure Zone Radio Show with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Milica Jelenic is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzajelenich.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight, we are talking about, is it normal to not want sex? And the big answer is yes. It's okay, especially as things ebb and flow in your life. There will be periods in your life where maybe you don't want sex. We've talked about things like what role the hormones play. We've also talked about um, a few other things in this episode so far. So I encourage you to go. We talked about what is normal. There's such a scale of normal, right? And then the role of hormones. We looked at body image, kind of tapped into that for a second. And and we're also going to be looking at what role trust level plays, um, like trusting yourself. How does that play into your sexual desire. And I can hear people going, what? <laughs> yes. So what does that mean to trust yourself? So let's just say you've had an incident in your life or incidents in your life where you have landed in scenarios where you're like, how did I get here? And who did I just wake up with? Now you might've uh, even had consensual sex, but then the morning after you're like, I can't believe I did that. Maybe you've had uh, may, maybe there's been violence to your body and you ended up in a situation where you're like, I said, no, they kept going. Am I insane? What's happening? I feel wrong. I feel there's all this stuff that comes up, you know, so trusting yourself and trusting that you will actually say for you what works for you. 
and what doesn't work for you and trusting that you'll say no and that you'll be acknowledged and that you'll find a way out or trusting that you won't even walk into those situations or trusting that you'll find you know some other solution right so how do we trust ourselves this takes some practice and one of the easiest things to do to learn is to check on a few things that you already do that you probably trust you will do like if you have to pee do you trust that you will pee and i have to say that at first when i was asked this question by a friend of mine I was like, no, actually, I don't trust that I'll pee when I have to pee because I have evidence from when I was a kid that even when I had to pee, I didn't pee. I would wait and wait until I was in agony. Um, it was the one thing in my life I could control. So, nope, I actually did not trust at the time that I would pee when I had to pee. It took me a while in my 40s to be able to trust myself that I would pee when I needed to pee. And I know that sounds insane, but I hadn't considered it since I was eight years old until I was asked this question. And I knew there was still this underlying unconscious thing driving me that I didn't fully trust myself and I didn't fully understand why. And part of it was some of these underlying things where I know that I hadn't listened to me and I know I haven't listened to my body and I know I've eaten things that my body was like, no. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you want that. Walked into scenarios where my body was like, don't do that. And then I would override it and then things would get awful. So learning to trust yourself is so big. So let's just see this. When you trust yourself, what happens? Your body relaxes. You feel confident. You know what your yes is. You know what your no is. You're very clear. You have great boundaries. That's what happens when you trust yourself. When you trust yourself, you can also see in others the different qualities and things that you might not trust. So you can trust yourself enough to go, oh, that person is not reliable. I know that gut instinct. I can feel it. Awesome. When you don't trust yourself, what happens? No self-confidence. You don't know what your true yeses and nos are. You also probably have a lot of feelings of um, de self-devaluation. What does that mean? It's like you don't feel like you have any value or worth. So it's a big one, right? Ooh, it's a big, it's a big kind of heavy energy that can come out on not trusting yourself. And you know what? I would say like a majority of people on the planet don't actually trust themselves and they often give over their authority to somebody in authority or that they perceive has authority whether it's doctors politicians lawyers uh you name it police officers teachers parents people will give over their authority so being an authority in your own life trusting you and knowing what you desire is so huge for increasing your sexual desire because if you don't trust you and you don't have the confidence you don't feel good about yourself you don't feel good about what you know you might not even want to try anything because you don't feel safe and you don't know what safe is and you don't know if you're going to actually get yourself out of a situation that might not be safe and you don't know if you're going to get yourself into more situations that might not be safe trusting you can have a huge impact to you on how relaxed you can be in a relationship and how open you can be with your partner. 
because the more open you can be with yourself, the more open you can be with others. The more you know you, the more authentically you can show up. And the more authentically you can show up, the likelihood is you're going to feel everything about your sex, sexuality, and romanticism is all going to be up there. It's going to be evident. It doesn't mean that you're going to be highly sexual. It's going to mean that you're very aware of how you feel about sex. Until then, it might be a little wishy-washy. I don't want to have sex. Oh, it must be my sex drive. Oh, it must be because of the trauma in my life. Oh, it must be because of this. But then nothing's done about it, right? So as you start to heal, as the traumas heal, as you start to trust yourself more, you'll start to step into knowing what's true for you. And if you still don't have a sex drive after we've gone through all this, after we've gone through what is normal for me? What did I like before? What do I like now? What was true then? Am I comparing myself to others? Uh, how do I feel about my body? How do I feel in general? You know, am I going through an ebb and flow? Do I trust myself? I've gone through all of that. If all of that still comes around and you're still like, yep, still don't feel it. I still don't have a sex drive. And you've worked on trusting yourself and you fully trust yourself and you're like, okay, I trust myself so much. What is this? What other things could be going on? One of the other things that can be going on is something that we've talked about in other shows called sexual inhibitors. Those are the things that inhibit us, stop us basically from desiring sex. And what are some of the sexual inhibitors that could be going on? Sexual inhibitors are another one of those. It's a very vast umbrella of things that it could be. And for this week, we're just talking about them in relation to you personally. So in relation to you personally, a sexual inhibitor can be your body, um, your body image, right? So we've talked about that. But other sexual inhibitors can be your environment. If you're looking around your space and you're like, oh, my God, I have so much stuff. I'm a hoarder. I'm actually not a hoarder, but oh my God, I'm a hoarder. And you're looking around and you're overwhelmed by stuff. Like you're in a room and you've got three feet of space. You can barely lie down and you're surrounded by like boxes and stuff. And you're like, and you're wondering why you don't feel horny. You have worked on your self-trust. You've got all this. Oh, wait a second. You're still a hoarder. Oh, you haven't gotten cleared some of this stuff out. Okay, so now you clear out your space and now you're like working on that and you've worked on your hoarding stuff and okay, cool. Oh, you're still looking around your space and you're like, oh, I feel nothing. Sometimes it can be as simple as changing the decor. Another time when it's great to bring in some experts, whether they're professional decorators, uh, designers or whatever, or maybe you have a flair for this too. Try a new paint color. Like honestly, it might sound bizarre. But some, we absolutely are receptive to colors. Our bodies heal with colors and color of light color as well as different things. We know that bodies require the light spectrum to heal. We also know that having the full spectrum of light in your cells is crucial to being healthy. So if we surround ourselves with colors, we can also start to increase different feelings. So and not and not everybody is going to respond to the colors the same. So to blanketly say put red in your room and it's going to increase your horniness. No, because for some people, maybe they've gone through war and all they saw was bloodshed. Red is going to remind them of violence. So 
I'm not going to tell you there's a color for you. What I would like for you to do is go explore what colors bring you a sense of calm and then what colors bring you a sense of excitement. Sometimes there'll be contrasting colors and they can be complementary colors. They can actually work really well together and they can bring something into your space that excites you. What smells are going on? We're very sensory beings. So knowing what senses and what sensory experiences we're having in our space and whether those sensory experiences are working for us, or not working for us. If you're in a space that has your senses awakening up, Fantastic. There's a show on Netflix. Um, it's 2023 while I'm doing this show. So if you're listening to this in the, the future, this show might not be there anymore, but it's how to build your sex room. And that is a fabulous show that shows how some simple changes and some decor changes can actually really shift um, the attitude and the, the receptivity to sex, just having a sacred special space to play in and to have all your play toys and have everything together and have the colors you like and the smells and the lighting and sexual inhibitors can be so simple as like all you needed was you know some really good um say uh curtains on your window so that you don't feel like all the neighbors are walking by and seeing you and until you've done that you're like oh i had no idea that it was the curtain so sometimes it's good to have people come in and sometimes it's good to just like look around and go oh like what is it about this room that makes me feel shy timid scared um maybe not very sexual and you could be looking around going oh i know it's the stack of clothes i haven't put away oh i know it's this smell of dirty laundry that needs to get washed oh i know it's the lighting is really bad or the colors are not colors i like shift it up, you know, and you can do these things on a dime. Honestly, you can get a lot of stuff from thrift stores to just enhance your space, whether it's new lighting, um, you know, getting yourself some, some really cool uh, curtains. Um, curtains are great from thrift stores are like four bucks. You can do so many things with curtains. I know this because my kid turns curtains into clothes and you can take those same curtains and turn them into a wonderland of like having a beautiful space with new fabrics and like i just think of like arabian tents and like a beautiful fabric space that is so inviting to just come in and enjoy having pillows that work for you and having a different environment it's like going into a luxury space to have fun and even talking about that, doesn't that kind of like excite your body to have like a super sexy space to go into? Yeah. So there are lots of different sexual inhibitors, it can be the smells, can be uh, look at your senses and how your senses are uh, are reacting to the environment. And if they're not happy, change it up. We're going to talk about one more thing when we come back from this break that I think is a really important conversation that hey, we've talked about all this stuff. We've changed the room. We've changed our attitude. We've changed our clothes. We've done all this stuff. And I'm not telling you to do all of these. I'm telling you to look at the ones that are true for you and start to make small changes here and there just to see what shifts, right? I mean, you could go full force if you wanted the 180 degree turn, if you have the money and the time to invest in that. But otherwise, just little things here and there. Get your nails done. Do something for you. Bring a new smell into your bedroom. If none of that works for you, there might be something else going on.
And we'll talk about that after this next commercial. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Milica Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email info at melitzayelenich.com Now, back to the program. Welcome, my sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight, we are talking about is it normal to not want sex? And yes, yes, it is. And we've talked about all the different reasons why that might be. And there's one more, and there may be more. So if, if you guys are aware of even more, these were the ones that came out the top of my head. If there are some ideas that you have, I'd love to hear them. If you're listening somewhere that you can comment, please put comments. Um, send me a comment, send me uh, ideas. I'd love to, you know, if you have great ideas, then I can do other shows on those things specifically. So what is that other thing? There's something called asexuality. And being asexual is actually a term that describes someone who doesn't experience sexual attraction towards individuals of any gender. Uh, asexuality is actually a sexual orientation. And it sometimes you might have really low, really low, or like low or absent interest for sexual desire. So a lot of times it's no sexual desire, but it can also be a very, very low um, desire for sexual activity. It's not the same as celibacy. You've probably heard of celibacy, which is often something that people do for spiritual reasons, like priests will be celibate. And that is a choice to refrain from sex. And it's usually um, a choice for often spiritual reasons or something, you know, something that they're doing for personal growth. And sometimes um, also with celibacy, like Celibacy is more of a, a dedication in your life, something that you're choosing. Asexuality is something that you are, this is how you're born, right? So is it wrong to be asexual? Absolutely not. It's actually more common than people think. And it's becoming a bigger conversation, which I'm really happy to hear about because I know people who have been judged in their life for being asexual and they have tried, they are like, okay, I'm going to try and do the heterosexual, heteronormative way of living. I'm going to be cisgender, heterosexual, and I'm going to try my really best to enjoy sex with somebody. Um, I'm just going to try. And they'll try and they're like, I feel nothing. 
I don't feel what you feel. And you might even be asexual and really skilled at sex because you've wondered about who you are your whole life. And you're like, uh, I don't really understand my feelings. So what I'm going to do is dive in and learn. If you are an avid watcher of shows on Netflix, like I am sex education, fantastic show this last season, spoiler alert, there is a character who is, her name is O and she is a, um, a teen sex therapist. Technically she's not a therapist because you have to go to university for that, but she, she does, um, we'll say coach. She's a sex coach, but they named her incorrectly on the show. And she is asexual. And she has so much knowledge about sex because she never fit into any of the things that she heard people talking about and she didn't understand the desire. So she went out and educated herself. And I think she's a fantastic example of what sometimes happens with asexuality is you really don't understand what you're feeling. So you think something's wrong with you. So you educate the crap out of yourself. And then you're like, wait a second, I actually don't have sexual desire. Oh, that's what it is. And I also know people who have lived for years and years and years and never had any desire, then tried some things out and were like, oh, oh, that's what it was? That's all the people were talking about? Oh, that's not really my thing. I know, right? And it's A, totally normal to be asexual. There's nothing wrong with people who are asexual at all. So for those of you who want to argue with me on that, go right ahead. It It is you don't have to want to have sex with people. You don't have to want to have children. You don't have to want to procreate. A lot of those drives are, those sex drives are things that are innately in us for procreation. It's part of our human nature, but it's very procreative. And if you have no desire to procreate and have more children, yeah, might not have the desire for sex as well. There isn't a lot of research done on people who are asexual because they tend to get left out of the categories of study because people aren't that interested in studying a lack of sex drive. They're more interested in studying things like kinks. And why do you have like, can you imagine if John, uh, about if um, Kinsley did all, all the reports on asexuals, we would not have the vast knowledge we have today, but they were really interested in kinks. So is it normal? Yeah, you're normal. Next week, we're gonna talk about why doesn't my spouse turn me on? What's going on there? Is that normal? Guess what? There's lots of ebbs and flows there too that we'll talk about. And it is normal. Thank you for listening to The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.